morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to a series. We, we began last week, the, the brand new year. The, the series was entitled and is entitled Habits. We all have them. We, we took a look last week. Certainly there's some good habits we have. Uh, we, we mentioned some of the top bad or annoying habits. Last week we gave you a chance to kind of yell it out, vent it out, uh, those that you know and some of the habits but as we said, this is not a series about bad habits and overcoming them. This is really a, a series about habits, good habits, or should we say spiritual disciplines that we ought to grow, that we ought to develop, that ought to be applied in our lives. So last week we began by looking at prayer and one of those good habits, one of those spiritual disciplines that we ought to have developed in our lives is that we ought to pray consistently. So last week we, we said we pray consistently because prayer is a relationship with God, because prayer ought to be a way of life, and because prayer is a choice we choose to do that. Now, today, I present to you a fast, fast message. Now, I put that in parentheses, I put that in quotation marks. Uh, as I speak that, I'm doing air quotes when I say a fast, fast message. Understand, I'm not necessarily talking about quick or short. What I truly mean is a fast, fast message, a fast-paced message on the discipline, on the habit that we often overlook, that we don't always mention, we don't always bring up, we don't often emphasize, the discipline of fasting. Oh, boy. Pastor Mark, you went and done did it. You said fasting. Because as everybody knows, fasting probably, more than likely, most of the time, deals with one of our favorite subjects. Or should we say the lack of? one of our favorite subjects, a four-letter word called food. And we'll get into some of the details. And yes, most of the time as we talk about fasts or fasting, it does relate to food or the absence of that for a time. And so maybe that's one of the reasons we tend to not emphasize or maybe we tend to not practice it as much. You know, Probably two of the most, you might say, most popular, well-known, applied disciplines would be prayer and Bible reading. Bible reading and prayer. Last week, we began with prayer. In future weeks, we will be looking at Bible reading, yet we've encouraged you each week and leading up to about getting into God's Word on a daily basis. We've got some brand new Bible reading guides, and, and we encourage that. But wow, the, the challenge is, once we start talking about Fasting, that deals with food or the lack of it. And if we're honest, don't we kind of enjoy ourselves some food? I just mentioned in our, in our announcements coming up in next month, we're having a special Sunday with a special fellowship, which is code for everybody bring a whole bunch of food so we can go to the fellowship hall and eat a whole bunch of food together. And we'll have our annual business meeting and those kinds of things. You know, you don't have to be around church long to know we do a whole lot of stuff around food. Fellowships and potlucks and dinners and this and that. And it's not just in the church world, it's just the world in general. 
when it comes to food, we, we tend to do pretty well with that, and we tend to have our, our favorites. And so when we look at this thing called fasting, this discipline that we're going to dive into some of the details, it's a challenge for us. So that's what I mean when I say it's a fast, fast message. It's a fast pace because we've got a lot to get to. Fast-paced message on fasting. So I want to encourage you to listen fast. Can, can you do that? And as well, I do encourage you to take some notes. Now, we'll have a number of things on the screen, and we'll, we'll try to give you opportunities, but uh, we don't have it all on the screen. We've got a lot of the main points and thoughts. So listen fast, write fast. And then as well, apply what we've heard about fasting. So that's, that's where we're going this morning. Here's, if we were to talk about food, here, here's a summary that someone had wrote, and I think it's pretty accurate. They wrote this, we are a nation dependent upon food, but not primarily for survival. We use food as a means of dealing with depression or anxiety. We grab something to eat because we are bored or as a time filler. We go out to eat to celebrate a special occasion or to make an occasion special. We rarely eat due to a physical necessity because we rarely cease from eating long enough to need to eat again. That's a challenging sentence, but a true one. In other words, we don't necessarily eat to survive because we don't really go long enough to not eat to where we've got to eat to survive. We, we tend to do pretty good in eating. It says we are habitual eaters, living to eat rather than eating to live. We have allowed our passion for food to determine our lifestyle. And since fasting generally involves abstaining from food, we often choose not to engage in this discipline because it would infringe upon our pleasure. That's a rich detailed and awfully accurate summary of where we tend to be as a culture, as a society, as a whole. So this morning, as we take a look at fasting, last week it was pray consistently. That was the main focus, the main habit. This morning, the, the title is Fast Intentionally. And I intentionally selected the word intentionally because of what it means. We are to fast intentionally. Now, more than likely at times, you've gotten busy. You've been in a rush, and it could be at home, it could be at work, it could be out and about, and you got so busy, you worked through lunch. Or you got busy, you skipped a meal, you skipped some snacks, that's not just saying, hey, I just fasted. Fasting intentionally is going into it with a plan, and we're going to talk about that. But simply skipping a meal, simply skipping a snack, simply eating less, we don't just look back and go, oh, I guess I fasted today. Fasting intentionally is having some clear-cut idea going in. So if we fast intentionally, first of all, we've got to understand the what. What in the world is fasting? We've all probably got ideas. I've mentioned we all tend to know it has something to do with food or the absence of food. Maybe your thought of fasting is a, 
some monk in some monastery in some far-off country who, I don't know, has bread and water for like five years, or I don't know exactly what your main picture when it comes to fasting is. But we've got we've to get to look what, what is fasting, first of all. So let's take a look at just some brief definitions of fasting. Here's the first one. Simply put, fasting is a voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. In other words, going without some food, typically, for a specific and more than likely spiritual purpose. Again, it's intentional. It's not, oops, I was so busy I didn't eat breakfast. I guess I just fasted. It's intentionally going without typically food, in order to have a spiritual purpose. Now, I'm going to blow your minds by revealing the Hebrew and Greek definitions of the words translated as fasting. Are you ready? Get ready to have your minds blown. The Hebrew word translated as fasting literally means to cover your mouth or, get this, abstain from food. The Hebrew word for fasting means to fast. And the Greek word translated as fast means, big surprise, to not eat. So whether it's English or whether it's Hebrew or Greek in the Bible, fasting means typically going without food. Now here's a a definition from the Holman Bible Dictionary. Fasting is the laying aside of food for a period of time when the believer is seeking to know God in a deeper experience. All of these typically have the same types of things. Going without, to connect to, and have this deeper relationship with God. Now it says, laying aside of food and for a period of time. It's typically about abstaining from food. But not always. We'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Here's an alternate definition, a little bit longer. Fasting is a disciplined abstinence from all that gratifies or satisfies the flesh in order to give oneself totally to seeking the Lord. This is the ultimate. Anything less is partial. So here's one that said it's not just about giving up food, but it's giving up or, or abstaining from things that satisfy or gratify the flesh. Why? To give yourself completely, wholly unto the Lord. Then here's a, a final definition to share with you. One person wrote this, true fasting means to lay aside any pleasurable and or vital activity for a period of time in order to intensely pursue God and know His mind with the intent of obeying His will. So most of the time, we might say this fasting would mean going without food, connecting with God. As we'll see in a little bit, in some cases, it might mean giving up some other things in order to focus on and connect with God. But it's done intentionally. It's done with a purpose. It's not accidentally we fasted or went without something, it's intentionally saying, I'm going without this so I can get more of and get closer to God. Now, when it comes to fasting, we say, what in the world is fasting? Understand the what. 
Briefly, let's talk about some types or uh, descriptions of fasts. I'll, I'll give you three real quick. One is called an absolute fast, which means absolute, absolutely no food or drink. This is the most severe, if you would, physically, because our human body, certainly we can go without food for quite a while, but we're not built or designed to go without water for long periods of time. So if someone would be led and and directed and guided, and they would want to do an absolute fast, no food or drink, this is typically done on a very short basis, maybe a a day, a couple of days, but a a short term. That's not necessarily what, what most people would practice as a form of discipline. A second one would be a normal fast. And, and when we talk about fasting, it's what is normally done, what's, what's normally accepted and understood, which is giving up of food, but still drinking fluids, liquids. So uh, water, juice, getting that into our bodies to, to continue, but going without the food. So that would typically be considered as the normal fast. And then a third one to share would be this, a partial fast. So absolute, no food or drink. Normal would be no food, but do drink, uh, fluids, waters, uh, juices. The partial fast would be going without certain things for a portion of time. So maybe if there's uh, some physical restrictions, some, some dietary restrictions, some, uh, some things that you're undergoing in your body physically, and you're not able to go without food, maybe you would consider doing a partial fast, maybe going without meats, going without <gasps> sweets, desserts, uh, you know, going without a, a portion of food for a portion of time. Again, it's something intentionally, it's something that means something. So don't say, all right, Pastor Mark, God's leading me. I am going to fast liver and onions for the rest of my life. I'd say, good luck, because I don't eat it, period. We we fast something that, that means something to us. So if you're fasting partially, and you're saying, I'm, I'm giving up certain things, you know, maybe physically, uh, you've got to eat with, with some of the different uh, situations in your body. Um, maybe you would not do it just a regular fast where you do without food, but maybe you would cut certain foods out. Uh, maybe you would give up your coffees. Maybe you would give up your sweets. Maybe you would give up uh, some of your meats. Maybe you would give up certain portions or types of foods. And maybe that would be for a particular time. But this partial fast is also where some of these other items come in. We say that most of the time, as we look to God's word in just a little bit, not once in the word of God has anyone fasted from television, yet you and I could partially fast by giving up some of our entertainment options, whether it's television, movies, internet, hobbies, sports. I mean, there's different things that we could give up in order to focus on God. So certainly food is more than likely the the main portion that we would fast, but there are other things. Maybe you would say, there's this kind of this nudge or this, this struggle within me that I'm always doing this, always focusing time and energy on this, and God's kind of leading me to give that up. Maybe you would fast from that item, fast from that hobby, fast from that thing, 
a day, a couple days, throughout a week. But that would be a, a partial fast. You're giving up something, some activity, or maybe some portion of food for a time. Now, there, there's no book in the Bible called Fasts. There's no chapter 1, 2, 3 uh, with, with all of these details saying, here exactly is how exactly you fast. There certainly are a number of ways, and, and we'll get into some of the, uh, the, the what's and the why's and the how's. It basically is God leading, God nudging you, God guiding you to do that. Now, the real issue is sincerely sacrificing something that's important to us. Most of us would probably say we tend to look forward to our meals, whatever those might be. Now, maybe there's certain ones you eat just because you, you know, maybe you're not real crazy about breakfast, but you, know, you grab a little something. But lunch or dinner, you, you, you're kind of looking forward to a little bit more, whether it's out to eat or whether it's home. And so giving up something specifically that means something to you, either a meal as a whole or a, a part of a meal or an activity or a hobby or, or something that, that means something, sincerely giving that up to connect with and to focus on God, that, that's a part of the what. So when we start talking about fasting and fasting intentionally, that's where it begins, understanding the what. Typically, it's giving something most of the time, it's food or a portion of food up so that we can connect with God and get closer to Him. But secondly, if we want to fast intentionally, I believe we need to accept the why. Learn the why. In other words, why fast? That's probably a question going through a bunch of your minds right about now. Why in the world would I do that? I like my coffees, I like my steak. I like my ice cream. I like this and I like that. There's a lot of things that we like, so why in the world would I want to give up on that even for a short period of time? Well, I'm going to get to them. And so uh, let's get to the next slide. You can see there's a whole bunch of them on there, and uh, we will we'll get to these in just a moment, all right? Accept the why. Why in the world should I fast? First of all, there's a biblical pattern for fasting. And this is probably the key point where you listen fast and write fast because I'm going to whiz through some examples. And there's so many examples, I'm not going to read all the scriptures. In fact, there's so many examples, I'm not even going to share all of the scriptural references, but I'll give you the people who sought God and took time out to fast. Are you ready? Your ears ready? Ready for notes? Let's start with the Old Testament. All of Israel fasted at multiple times and during different various occasions. All of Israel fasted. Moses fasted on Mount Sinai awaiting the reception of the Ten Commandments. Jonathan fasted when he grieved at his father's mistreatment of David. Saul fasted when he was seeking guidance and direction from the Lord. David and his men fasted at the death of Saul, 2 Samuel chapter 1. David fasted as well at the death of Abner and fasted concerning his sick child. 
Elijah fasted as he traveled to Mount Horeb to meet with God. Ahab fasted as an act of humility and contrition before the Lord. Ezra fasted as he mourned the unfaithfulness of the exiles who had returned. Nehemiah fasted when he heard news about the condition of Jerusalem. The Jews fasted on behalf of Queen Esther as she prepared to approach the king. Darius fasted when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, Daniel chapter 6. Daniel himself fasted for revelation and understanding for the Lord, Daniel chapter 9 and Daniel chapter 10. And the people of Nineveh in Jonah chapter 3 fasted in repentance at the preaching of Jonah. <gasps> That's the Old Testament, amongst others. Maybe, maybe you just... Mention, and you're able to write down a handful of names. Many, many individuals in the Old Testament fasted. Let's mention a few from the New Testament. Anna in Luke chapter 2 fasted as an act of worship. The disciples of John in Matthew 9 and mentioned as well in Mark 2 fasted themselves as a regular habit. Now, the Pharisees fasted. Unfortunately, their fasts were to demonstrate their righteousness in front of everybody. Paul himself fasted on multiple occasions. It was a regular part of his lifestyle. Prophets and teachers at Antioch and Syria fasted and worshipped the Lord. And Barnabas fasted when faced with the task of appointing church leadership. Long story short... Many, many individuals, men and women, Old Testament and New Testament, fasted on various occasions for many purposes. They were intentional and they fasted for specific reasons. So as we look to God's word, we see how godly men and women lived and we should pattern our lives. They are examples for us to follow. Why fast? It's a biblical pattern. Now, you're sitting there saying, but Pastor Mark, you went through the New Testament. You did not mention Jesus. Let's go to number two. Let's talk about Jesus and the fact that Jesus expects us to fast. Jesus himself fasted, Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, fasted in preparation for his public ministry. Now, here's a unique thing. We say that Jesus expects us to fast. Let me touch on that. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that we are commanded to, as in, thou shalt fast. It's not a Ten Commandment. It's not a thou shalt but we are expected to, assumed it is desired that we will. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Mark? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. We'll spend just a, a little bit of time on this scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. It's in red letters. Jesus is preaching and teaching, and, and he speaks. This is Jesus' words. This isn't someone's Someone else's words to say, here's some good things. Jesus teaches, Matthew 6, 16, and he says, when you fast. Stop right there. Jesus says, when, Jesus does not say, if. Jesus doesn't say, if you fast, should you choose to fast? If at some point in time you find yourself fasting, here's what you do. Jesus very simply understated says, 
when you fast. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. And again, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So it's not necessarily commanded but expected. It, it's expected to be a regular part of some kind of this spiritual discipline in our lives. Jesus says, when you fast, here's some things to keep in mind. Don't do this, but do this. He's saying, it's done to the Lord. It's not done to man. Uh, you know, do things as normal. Don't draw attention to yourself and walk around moaning and groaning. Oh, boy, that, that dessert looks good. Too bad I'm fasting and can't have any of that with you. Mr. Spiritual over here, not eating food. Yep, this guy. Who's got two thumbs and is not eating today? Yep, me. That's not what he's saying. You know, so he, he talks about the, the oil and, and washing your face. In other words, don't do what the hypocrites in the New Testament did. They made it so obvious to everybody else. You know, the pained expression, they, they looked terrible. And in case nobody could figure out, as bad as they looked, everybody asked. And of course, then they could puff their chest out and tell everybody how spiritual we were because they were fasting. It's not about trying to show how incredible we are. It's about getting close to God. So how we do it is just fast. It's between you and God. But not once, twice, Jesus says, when you fast. He expects that his disciples would develop this discipline. He desires, he expects that we would follow him in this spiritual journey. What's interesting is this particular text in Matthew 6, 16, 17, and 18, it comes after two other sections in Matthew chapter 6. Check this out. In verse 2, Jesus says, When you give... Jesus doesn't say if you give, it's when. He expects and believes that we would develop this aspect of giving. And then in verse 5, and in verse 6, and in verse 7, he says, when you pray. He doesn't say if you pray, should you pray, but when you pray. So Jesus' thoughts about fasting are as his thoughts about giving, as are his thoughts about praying. We ought to. He expects us. It should be this discipline that's developed in our lives. It's a biblical pattern. We see it throughout the Old Testament. We see it throughout the New Testament. Jesus himself fasted and encourages and expects that we would. He says, when you fast. It's a third thought up here. Why should we fast? Well, fasting displays our dependence upon God. That we're dependent upon Him. Fasting, in a sense, it's an act of humility showing that we need God in our lives. He's the most important thing. More important than the food we might choose not to eat. More important than the activities we might choose not to do. It shows we're dependent upon Him. 
Many times that dependence can be symbolized in this act of repentance. You, you look through the Old, Old Testament, New Testament, many times it was fasting as a means of repentance to the Lord, turning away from sin and, and seriously saying, God, I'm, I'm going with you and I'm turning away from this other stuff that's holding me bound. It's a great opportunity to, to put off the old and put on the new. Fasting changes our circumstances. It changes us, but it's not about trying to change God. It's not about trying to manipulate God. It's just simply saying, God, I depend upon you, and, and fasting is a part of how we do that. Number four, why fast? Because it increases our hunger for God. Now, when you fast, as Jesus would say, not if, but when you fast, you will get hungry. How many of you, if, if you go maybe an hour later than when you're normally eating, your stomach's a rumbling and a grumbling, you get a little moody, a little cranky because you just haven't eaten yet? Any hands? Okay, we got a few honest people in here, okay? So this isn't just about, you know, eating late. This is maybe about skipping a meal or maybe skipping a couple of meals to fast and, and pray and seek God or maybe, maybe doing an entire day, a 24-hour day or, or longer. And when you do that, trust me, you will get hungry. I've done that recently. Prayer and fasting and preparation for this. You have some of those headache pains, some of those stomach pains, hunger pains. There will be that hunger there. Allow that to be channeled, not to this hunger to say, okay, let me look at my clock. How many more hours till I can grab something and munch? Channel that hunger into this hunger for God. Do we really desire God as much as we desire that food or that drink or that activity that maybe we've chosen to fast? So it's something that can help increase our hunger for God. We can get by without almost anything, but we can't get by without God. Help it to, to stimulate and desire that hunger for Him. I, I can get by without this food stuff. I can get by without these activities, but God, I can't get by without you. Let this develop and cultivate that hunger for Him. In a sense, it's, it's saying we desire more of God than the stuff that he so bountifully and generously provides. Help us to have that hunger for him. Next, why fast? It helps to develop self-control. Control and discipline to say, I will not let these things overcome me. I can overcome or have the self-control to do without eating or drinking or do without this activity for a day or two days or do without this activity for a week. I have the opportunity of overcoming that with God's help. It's self-control. Going without in order to gain something even greater. A.W. Tozer had this to say about his practice of fasting. I fast just often enough to let my stomach know who's boss. <laughs> I like that. In other words, I'm not going to be in control. I'm not going to be bound by some of those things that I have to, have to, have to eat and drink some of these items or I have to, have to, have to do these activities. 
there's some self-control that's developed. Two final thoughts. Why, why should we fast? It enables us to receive from God. Now, hear what I mean about that. I don't mean that fasting guarantees everything you will receive from God. Fasting, it's not the money-back guarantee from God. It says it's putting ourselves in a place, in an atmosphere, in a position to better hear and receive from God. Why fast? Well, just as we experienced just a little bit ago in our service, there's a lot of needs in our community. There's a lot of needs in our own bodies and families and Maybe it's health-wise or finances-wise, wisdom or guidance or direction or relationships. We say, God, I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure where to turn. And so for a time, for a season, God, I'm going I'm to really focus on you. I'm going to do without these things, whether it's foods or activities. And I'm going to come to you on, on behalf of healing in, in my body. I'm going to come to you for provision, for direction, for, for wisdom, whatever the case might be. There's a, a purpose because, God, I really want to get closer to you. I do some of these other things. God, I'm, I'm praying and reading the Bible. I'm, I'm worshiping. We're going to church. We're, we're doing some of those things and, and growing and developing. But I'm going to, I'm going to spend this time focused on on this area that I might receive from God. It's not a guarantee that says, okay, if you fast, you know, one day or longer, your your one-day fasts, God gives you one wish. Your two-day fasts, God gives you two wishes. God's not the genie, understand that. But as we fast, it's putting ourselves in position, in the atmosphere to say, God, I'm I'm pushing these things aside, I'm focusing on you, and I'm ready to hear from you, ready to receive what you've got to say or speak or, or heal or provide in my life. And then finally, not just enabling us to be able to receive from God, but it empowers intercession. Intercession is praying for others. Uh, many who, uh, in the course of history, in the course of God's word, maybe in, in your course of your own life, you would say, because there's a, a family member who doesn't know the Lord, you're, you're going to fast and pray and believe that God's going to break through to their heart and life. Or you've got a family member or a close individual with, with some physical needs or some financial needs, or, or you're agreeing and believing with them for some wisdom and direction, some decisions that they've got to make. So you're interceding, you're praying on their behalf, and you're fasting. Maybe you're choosing to do without, to spend some extra time in praying and seeking God on someone else's behalf. That's intercession. Daniel in Daniel chapter 9 was thinking about the desolation of Jerusalem, and he says, I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer, petition, and fasting. He's thinking about Jerusalem. He's thinking about his homeland, his people. And not just was he praying, not just was he petitioning God, he was fasting on their behalf. So here's just a, a handful of reasons. Certainly there's many more, but 
That's plenty enough on the slide for you. We'll give your hands a break before we get to our next thought. There's a lot of reasons why this is a, a powerful and important spiritual discipline. As we intercede for others, maybe it's friends and family and those in our area and our community. Maybe it's those in our nation as we think about abortion or crimes or drugs or divorce or violence. There are many things we can intercede for. As we come to the end of this thought, here's what Bill Bright would say. For believers then, the question is not, should I fast, but will I? It's not, should I? Jesus expects us to. The biblical examples of men and women shows that they did, and on and on and on. A lot of reasons why. So it's not just, should I? Yes, we should. The true question for you, the true question for me is, will I? So if you're there, and you're listening, and you're, you're giving your affirmation, your assent to say, yes, I understand a little bit more about what it is, and I understand why I ought to, and you say, yes, I will. But how? That's the final thought this morning. If we're going to fast, but fast intentionally, we then need to begin the how. In other words, here's some helpful steps about how to fast. First of all, start small. Fasting is, is a little bit like a, a, a physical exercise because certainly if you're fasting food, it will affect your body physically. You wouldn't try to just simply show up one day and run a marathon. Anybody ever run a marathon? Anybody ever run across the street? Run across the parking lot, right? I mean, if you're not in the habit of running, running a marathon or a half marathon, a 10K, 5K, I mean, you, you don't just kind of show up and do it. You can, but boy, you're probably going to be gasping for breath. Usually, when, when people are preparing for a long run, they start to work up to it. Uh, had different, uh, one of my pastor friends has, has run a number of marathons, and he was the one who, uh, when we went to Tanzania last year, he stayed behind and uh, made the, the trek up the mountain of Kilimanjaro. And he did it at like two or three days when everybody else normally does like five or six. You know, he didn't just on a whim say, well, I guess I'll, I'll show up and do that. He trains and plans and prepares and you kind of start small. So here's the thing. If you have never fasted before, here's what not to do. Do not, let me repeat, do not jump into an absolute fast of no food and no water for a week. That's super overboard. Again, the, the absolute fast is, is typically a very shorter period, a day or two or three. So if you're going to fast and, and you've not fasted food before, maybe you start with a meal or a couple of meals or maybe work up to like a 24-hour one day, whether that's breakfast, lunch, dinner of the same day or, or maybe like a, a 6 o'clock to a 6 o'clock of the next day fast. But, but don't just jump into saying, I ain't eating till next Sunday. Start small and start somewhere. 
Now, you might also want to kind of, you know, prepare and, and work your way up to that. Maybe, you know, if you're, you're fasting a meal, maybe you fast a meal here and there and do that a little bit before going to that second meal or be, before leading up to that whole day or 24-hour fast, whatever you might feel nudged or led of the Lord to do, but start small. Second, establish a plan. Don't just, and sometimes we do this with things, but don't just wing it. Let's have a plan in place as to what will this fasting look like. In other words, why are you fasting? Well, I, you know, I know, Jesus said I probably should, so I guess I should. That's true. He expects us to fast, but kind of go through the process. Are you fasting as you're, we looked at the whys? Are you fasting for a specific purpose of growing closer to God, seeking wisdom, seeking direction on behalf of somebody else? Kind of discover that purpose. Are you seeking God maybe for your family, seeking God to, uh, to, to grow closer to Him in the Word of God? Determine the nature of your fast. Are you going to do that absolute no food or drink? Are you going to do kind of the, the basic normal fast where you skip the food but have the water and juice? Or are you choosing to do a partial fast? Maybe, maybe you do a meal or, or maybe you fast certain foods or certain sweets or certain activities or hobbies and you're, you're giving up those things for a, a time period. Kind of have that idea, that plan in place and, and understand the length of that plan. Again, this is intentional. This isn't, oh, would you look at the time? It's already noon, and I didn't have breakfast. Hooray, I fasted breakfast. It's intentional. Are we intentionally skipping this meal, uh, skipping Monday breakfast each week, or <coughs> are we intentionally going uh, two meals or, or one full day? If you're fasting from activities, you know, are you going without that hobby for a day or two days or a week? What is the plan? What is the purpose? What is the length of time? And how about the time, the days or time? If you're fasting meals or food, kind of think through your schedule. If you are, you know, looking to run that marathon, fasting for three days right before the marathon... It's probably not the wisest physical thing to do. So look through your schedule. If you're, if you're going to fast like a whole day, well, what day would, would kind of work the best this week? If, if you're fasting a lunch or, or a couple of meals, look through your schedule, plan that out, and determine that in advance. And then certainly prayer is done in conjunction with fasting. It's prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Jesus himself, in certain cases, said, this kind doesn't come out, this, this doesn't happen unless prayer and fasting. So it's not just about doing without the food. It's not just about doing without the activities. Otherwise, in a sense, we're just kind of dieting. I didn't eat today. That's good. But did you seek God? Did you pray? Did you spend some of that time that you would have eating, praying, worshiping in God's presence. So determine how you're going to do that. If you're skipping a meal while you work, are you going to go someplace and, and read your Bible, pray or worship during that time? Kind of think things through. It's, it's okay to have this plan in place. So 
So we start small, establish a plan. Thirdly, pretty importantly, focus on God. That's the main part. It's not just, I'm not eating, but I'm going without the food so that I can focus on God. It's not just, I'm doing away with these activities, but I'm doing away with them for a time so I can focus on God. Our focus is on Him and, and not on man. It's, it's not about, certainly it's, it's done personally, it's done privately to the Lord. It goes to our motive. Are we really wanting to grow close to God? Or are we just simply trying to, to check a box off? And as well, when we're focusing on God, understand we don't need to try to earn His approval. Well, man, if, if I fast, well, what if I could do two days instead of one? God would love me more than just the one day. God loves us incredibly. He loves us like crazy. This isn't about you know, trying to get His attention, trying to force or manipulate or coerce Him and, you know, 24 hours, God's going to love me three times as much as someone who only gives up a meal. This is just about us and God. So we focus on God. The reward of the recognition comes from God, not man. Here's what one individual said. If the reward you aim at in fasting, 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 is the admiration of others... That is what you will get, and that will be all you get, but that's all. Remember what Jesus said? He said, I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Who received their reward in full? Well, the hypocrites. They look somber, they disfigure their faces. Why? To show everybody and to tell everybody they're fasting. If the only reason to fast, if the only reason to do with thou is we got to throw in a whole bunch of extras like, oh, oh, which you might feel that way. You might have some stomach pains. You, you might have a little bit of headaches. You, you might have some of those physical reactions. But, but if you kind of play it up hoping that somebody asks you and you can kind of put your hand to your head, oh, I'm so faint. Poor little me is is fasting. If it's about drawing attention to self, Jesus said, boom, there's your credit. Man sees what you're doing and, well, there's your reward. So we're doing it to focus on God. It's not about trying to impress others. It's not about trying to, to one-up one another. Well, I heard so-and-so's fasting a meal. Guess what? I'm going to do too. I'm going to be twice as good, twice as spiritual as them. I heard they were going to do a 24-hour fast. Yep, <laughs> I'm going to do 48 over here. It's not about trying to outdo or impress when we fast. And as Jesus would say, when you fast, we do it to the Lord. So as best as can be done, we're focusing on God, not on man. Does that make sometimes for some awkward situations? I mean, if, if you're out with family or at home with family or if you're at the job site or whatever the case might be and you've chosen to fast, you'll need to think in advance. You can just very simply say, I'm, I'm skipping lunch. I'm not eating this meal. Just gloss over it. You don't have to make a 
big to do. You don't have to share seven reasons why. But when we fast, we focus on God. How do we fast? We prepare spiritually. It is a spiritual goal. Let's prepare spiritually. Let's get right with God. If there's unconfessed sin, let's deal with it. Let's ask God to cleanse and forgive us so that we can, well, we can be ready to hear and connect with with what God shares. As we prepare ourselves spiritually, go in with an expectant heart, believing that that God's going to speak into our midst, pray and, and seek that fresh touch, that fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. But as well as we prepare spiritually, understand that there's a spiritual enemy who's not real enthusiastic and not real crazy about you or I choosing to fast and choosing to draw closer to the Lord. The enemy does not desire that. Be aware, spiritual opposition or just sometimes those challenges can take place. So we've got to be prepared spiritually. Also maybe prepare physically. When you're doing something like this and involving food or the absence of food, and in some cases, and, and just about every, every reading or teaching uh, usually puts this thought in and I'll include it as well. In some cases, it, it might be helpful speaking with a doctor in advance, depending on what kind of fast you might choose to do. Do understand that Based on you saying, well, I'm going to go without food or I'm going to go without this for a time, your doctor might say, absolutely not. So then you've got to determine what you would do about that. Will you do a partial fast? Will Will you choose to not do that? But in some cases, physically, we've got to be prepared. You can maybe prepare physically that day or two leading up to it. Maybe begin to cut back on your portions if you're fasting food. Cut back on your portions. Don't just kind of eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and and then kind of store up for that next day because then your your body's really going to take a turn. So maybe kind of cut back that day or two. Maybe try to cut out some of the sweets. Maybe try to cut out some of the caffeine. Maybe that that helps with, uh, you know, a little bit less of some of those pains, a little bit less of some of those headaches. And then when you're finished, um, in longer fasts, you know, they, they talk about some of those toxins of your body that, that sometimes kind of filter through. So if your fast is a little bit longer as you're completing that, that first day, maybe the, the first couple of days, the headaches are there, some of the pains are there, but into that maybe second or third day, you don't have those same hunger pains, so same head aches as many of those, those toxins have been kind of flushed out. But certainly prepare physically, lots of fluids, water, and even some juices like that. How do you end? Here's a thought. End gradually. If you're trying to start small and kind of ease your way in, it's helpful to end gradually. Um, I will share an experience from college of how not to do it. Uh, in, in college... Uh, my pastor there, and there was a, a whole bunch of us from Bible college that attended this church, uh, but pastor preached on fasting and challenged the church, the entire church, to a three-day fast. So a whole bunch of us as college students did a three-day fast, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So much to the, to the fact that 
Different individuals who worked in food service was wondering, why are our meals being served so low? Because there was a huge contingent of people who had attended that church who then said, I'm going to, to do what Jesus is, is speaking about and teaching and expecting. And so we fasted for three days. I will say that the way we broke our fast is how not to do that. Now, again, this is college students. Your, your college student body can probably handle this a little bit better than my body now, who um, the last time I did a 24-hour fast in this body, I probably felt worse than it is a college student with my three-day fast. We fasted Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we decided we're going to break our fast. A whole bunch of us got together, and we're going to go to Shoney's Breakfast Buffet. So every, everything I've just you know, talked about, you know, kind of easing in and starting small, and, and then when you're done, you know, it might be helpful to kind of take a day or two even to ease your way back in. Yeah, we kind of threw that all out the window and like, pigged out with as, as big a plate as we could for our breakfast buffet. So when you end, if, you know, if you're doing a meal or two, it certainly it's a little easier to, to head back into normalcy. If you're doing maybe a 24-hour fast, then maybe that next day kind of ease your way back in with some smaller meals or some lighter meals, maybe for a day or two before you get back to normal. So that's just saying physically that the longer you fast, the longer it might be helpful to kind of ease your way back in. Because going without food and then you're hungry and you might have some of those headaches and so you're thinking, the more I eat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of all that. And so you eat and eat and eat. You probably eat more than you normally would have. So you replaced your headache with your stomach ache. So just some, some practical things about ending gradually. Finally, how do we fast? Expect results. Not results as in, again, I'm guaranteeing to get what I pray for, but expect that God's going to work on your behalf. Expect that God's going to speak to your heart and grow you and develop you, draw you closer to him. Believe that he's going to answer some prayers, but believe that he's going to give the wisdom and direction that you're seeking. That does not mean that this is 100% foolproof money-back guarantee that all your prayers are answered if you just fast. But as we seek God, believe that he will meet those needs. Believe that he will speak to your lives. Believe that he will generously give to those who seek him. Fresh spiritual insights, strength to your body, mentally, physically, and spiritually, answers to prayers. I believe that God desires to meet those needs. Fasting, but fasting intentionally. Let's understand the what. We've seen what it's about. Accept the why. There's a number of incredible and biblical and godly reasons why we ought to. And then let's begin the how. Here's some practical steps on how we can fast as he has encouraged and instructed and expecting us to do.